What's going on, guys? This is Zoom Disputed Fantasy Football. I'm Evan. I'm Frankie. I'm Matt. And so we're going to be talking about a little bit of week five. We're a couple days away from week six starting off. Uh, the big story from this past week was definitely the injury to Dak Prescott. It was having a monster year, fantasy purposes and in real life. But, you know, it's just a really tough injury. Uh, you know, it was pretty difficult to watch. He's done for the year. And there's a lot going on there in Dallas with Andy Dalton now taking over. And Dak was a high-end QB1 for most of this season. So, you know, any recommendations for who people should pick up if they had Dak? There are going to be viable options available if you don't have a desirable QB2 or you don't have one at all. And some options that I really think are really intriguing and ones that could possibly really help Dak's fantasy owners are Ryan Tannehill, Justin Herbert, and if Big Ben is somehow a free agent like he was in one of my leagues, I'd say he is a great benefit as well to replace Dak on your team. Yeah, absolutely. And there's also some guys I think, you know, um, from a fantasy perspective, um, could see some increased numbers and stats um, from this injury. Um, you know, I still, first of all, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount any of the Dallas wide receivers. They have a good, a good crew with Gallup and and Lamb and everyone, everyone else there. And I think that, um, you know, they'll still see decent numbers um, and keeping them in their in your lineup would be um, a fine option. But more importantly, I think. Uh, Zeke is really going to – he's going to come into his own and really he, he's now the main part of that offense and he's going to be the driving force of their whole game plan. So I would really, you know, if you're lucky enough to have him on your team, um, you know, keep him. Um, if you need a wide receiver or, you know, a different position to replace him, maybe you could use him, um, you know, as like trade bait. I, I realize he's a really elite player, but, um, you know, you could get, you could get some good return for him. Um, especially with the stock going up as of late. Mm-hmm. And I also think Andy Dalton, this definitely isn't like I'd say in like deeper leagues, Andy Dalton could be a potential QB too. I mean, we've seen this guy, he is a high end backup for what that's worth. And I don't know how much the Dallas you talked about the receivers. I think there will be somewhat some effect, but I don't think it'll be that much just because the fact that the Cowboys defense is still really bad. They're still going to have to put up a lot of points to win. And so they're going to need a guy to throw it a lot. And I don't think Dalton's going to be able to do it as effectively as Dak but I do believe because of the situation, he's at least viable. You know, you can use him in a couple of leagues. And I do agree, you know, the offensive line is not there, which is what really helped Zeke over the years. But, you know, this has really been, he hasn't, still hasn't had a game over 100 yards. He's had a couple games, had a 34-yard game, a 54-yard game. I do think we'll start to see him step up. They're going to need a little bit more from him. And, you know, as crazy as it, as it sounds, the Cowboys are still very much alive in the NFC East. So they're going to still be playing for the playoffs. I think losing Dak definitely limits how far this team could go, but they still have a lot on the line there. So there's still some intriguing options uh, in Dallas. Then another big story, Le'Veon Bell was released yesterday from the New York Jets. There are several teams that are kind of in the running for him. Uh, the Jets did try to get a trade. They couldn't get him. And Le'Veon's kind of a compelling guy because, um, you know, he's one of those guys that he definitely, he's his style. He needs an offensive line to really help him because he's not the fastest guy in the world because he's not going to break all the tackles. He really needs the right offensive line. So there's several fits, the Steelers, because we've seen it work there. The, uh, the bears, Tariq Cohen going down for the year. He was the primary pass catching back the Cardinals. Even I've seen some stuff. Kenyon Drake hasn't been as great this year. Do you guys have like a desirable destination for Le'Veon Bell? Yeah. You know, okay. Here's another option to, um, this is, you know, really just came out today. Um, you know, I think the Broncos, honestly, could be a fine option with 
Um, you know, Lindsey being hurt and now Melvin Gordon, um, who knows how long he's going to yeah, be out. We, with, we don't know exactly his, deal there. Exactly. With his suspension that came out this morning. Um, and so, you know what, you, you never know. The Broncos could be a good fit. While the Broncos have been struggling this year, um, this could be like a move for the future. You know, having Bell with a young quarterback such as Drew Locke, that could really, um, I, I, I could see some, some upside there. And, um, you know, the Broncos obviously showed interest in having dynamic running backs. And now that both of them are out um, for the foreseeable future, um, I don't think that'd be a bad move. I, I, think that'd be, I think that'd be good. And also, if that happens, um, I would definitely say that that improves his fantasy football stock. Yeah, and another surprising contender that we've seen, it's come out, you know, a few hours ago, what, the Chiefs have become an early front runner, which is an interesting team just because you think of they already have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but I think just about any situation for Le'Veon is better than what New York has just because of the offensive line and the fact that he has a coach that never really wanted him in the first place. He is still talented. I don't know if he's the same guy that he was three or four years ago, but he is definitely much better than his production would show. And so I think pretty much any situation other than New York will be better for his fantasy owners. Absolutely. I mean, it, New York, really, the, the Jets and Giants, for that matter, um, is really not not a, a, a good option for, for fantasy football players in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And Christian McCaffrey still um, still injured right now, but Mike Davis has done a good job stepping up in relief for him, had 90 yards rushing, uh, also caught a touchdown, 60 yards receiving. He's not as good as Christian McCaffrey, but he's done a very good job of filling in. But, you know, since McCaffrey is coming back pretty soon, what do you see his role now, uh, once McCaffrey gets back? Matt, you want to take this one? Um. Well, I'm just going to expand on my thoughts about Le'Veon Bell. And there, I think there are a handful of teams that could use his services in the NFL. I don't think any of them should overpay to get him at this point. But I think three teams that I really could see using him in a way that will really help propel their teams, I'd say are the Bears, Broncos, and the Seahawks. I'd say those three teams – if they get him, like he might be a really good force in their backfield that can help maybe push them to a playoff run or improve their offense. So I think if one of those three teams gets a runner like him, they'll be much better off. Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting point you make because, uh, you know, the Seahawks and Russell Wilson this year have been incredible, um, you know, with the come from behind win they had on Sunday night. And it's really – yeah, it's a testament to Russell Wilson, honestly. I mean, he's – I feel like one of, the, one of the more underrated quarterbacks each year doesn't really get the credit he deserves, you know, with not having an MVP and so forth. But he really um, – yeah, putting Le'Veon Bell on an offense like that where, you know, Pete Carroll and, and the, you know, Seattle offense can really use guys in unique ways, I think that would be a phenomenal fit. I, I never thought of that, but you make a great point. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and I also think this is the perfect time to go for a guy like Le'Veon because the big concern with trading for him for teams was the money. And now that he's released, I think you could get a pretty, you could get him on a pretty cheap deal and you don't even have to have it long-term, which that's kind of the danger of running backs. And so, you know, I think in real life purposes, like you guys mentioned, I think a lot of coaches could utilize it better than Adam Gase. But I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I think pretty much any destination is better than New York. But, you know, as we go back to Mike Davis talking about, his role um, once McCaffrey gets back, I don't think, I think because the problem with having a guy like McCaffrey who does everything, it makes it very difficult for um, 
for RB2s in that offense because, you know, unless you're really depending on once McCaffrey gets back, because we know uh, McCaffrey's the better pass catcher than Davis. We know McCaffrey's going to be the primary runner. I think you're really relying on Davis to just kind of find find the end zone um, to really be viable uh, on a weekly basis. And so it'll be interesting to see how, how the Panthers use him because he did play pretty well. And he was a guy that, um, you know, he hadn't done as that much in the past couple of years, but, you know, got cut from the bears last year, but, you know, 220 yards this, this season, uh, got, got in the end zone, got a receiving touchdown last week. I do think there is still a, a place for him in that offense. I just think that I would recommend trying to sell high on him. I don't know how many people will buy on, buy him because they know that McCaffrey's coming back, but I think we'll, we will see a pretty significantly diminished role once McCaffrey comes back. Yeah, you know, I mean, McCaffrey is just it, un, undoubtedly the best running back in the league, fantasy wise, when he's when he's in. So yeah, I mean, my, while Mike Davis might see some touches near the goal line, maybe I wouldn't put my money on it. Also, mm-hmm. but to, yeah, to your point, I mean, if you this week if you tried to trade Mike Davis, you could maybe pull a fast one on some fantasy owners, you know, catch him off guard. And give him to maybe give you like a you know wide receiver two, uh, wide you know a low end wide receiver one. You never know. And uh, I would I would give it a shot, especially with McCaffrey coming back. Um, you know, it really wouldn't be worth keeping Davis in your starting lineup um, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then um, another story, uh, Michael Thomas. We thought he was out because of an injury for Monday night, but it did turn out that he was suspended. Now, I don't think this makes too much of a difference because at the end of the day, you know, really he is such a perfect fit for that offense. I think he's going to get targets regardless. And the Saints really need him because of what, where Drew, Drew Brees' arm is at the moment. They need a guy like that who can get open in the short routes and all that. So I don't really think it matters that much, but it is something to point out. You know, there definitely is some tension there. But I, I just think because they so badly need him back in that offense, once he gets back, he's going to get targets. I'm not too concerned just because he's been a very productive player. What are your guys' thoughts? Well, I mean, Michael Thomas is such an explosive player. And I definitely think that having him back in the lineup, it will really help the Saints offense and possibly propel them to – the great position they were in at this time last year, two years ago. And that is a good point. I mean, Drew Brees, he's in his 20th season and his arm is definitely worn down a bit. He's not going to be able to make a ton of deep throws a lot. And having a guy who can really do those short routes very well at a high level, like Michael Thomas, it's only going to help the same Super Bowl chances heading forward. Do you guys have any thoughts on like the fantasy value for like what that does for a guy like Alvin Kamara, who's been huge because he's not only been their best runner, he's been a huge part of the passing game. Do you think that changes anything? Do you think it changes anything with Drew Brees probably makes him a little bit better now that he has his top weapon back? Any of those thoughts? Yeah. You know, it's really interesting how um, looking at how Kamara performed, um, you know, fantasy wise this, this week, I was actually playing against him in one of my leagues and I was, sure that he was gonna uh you know just not not really put up or I, th- I was sure that he was going to put up good numbers um and you know he really didn't uh, you know for 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 a guy like Kamara who can be very explosive a uh, good option in the PPR league he really didn't put up um stellar numbers uh without Thomas in the lineup 
which was surprising to me, it, which shows, you know, that um, when Thomas is out of the lineup, defenses can really just key in on guys like Kamara Moore, um, which can make it harder for him to, you know, maybe catch balls out of the backfield or, um, you know, have space to run. So I, re- I really feel like with Kamara in the lineup, he really just improves everyone's fantasy status um, from what I can see. Um, and he's really, really just an asset that can, um, you know, be on, as, and on their offense as a whole, really. Mm-hmm. And I think though, I think, I think Kamara's fantasy value, I don't think it completely dies with the return of Michael Thomas, but it is fair to see his role in the receiving game diminish a little bit because uh, because Michael Thomas being the short route runner, that kind of fits with what Drew Brees wants to do. But you look at his rushing numbers have been fine, uh, but 281, 281 rushing yards, four touchdowns, which are still really good numbers, but it's also been what he's been able to do with nearly 400 yards in the receiving game, three touchdowns there, 38 catches. So if we're talking PPR and so he's been, you know, far and away one of the top guys. And so I think we'll see that go down a little bit, you know, maybe, a little bit more of what he was last year. Um, I think he'll be able to find the end zone more than he did last year. That was one of the reasons why he struggled, but I do think we'll see him come back down to earth a little bit. That would be a guy I'd talk about maybe selling high on. Um, I don't think, like I said, I don't think he goes, I think he still remains a RB one regardless, but I do think he's not going to continue, uh, you know, not just scoring at this rate, but I think he'll probably fall back down to more down to earth or RB, you know, maybe the third or fourth best fantasy back in the league. I agree with that. Yep. For sure. Um, from, from a free agent perspective, uh, this week, if you need a wide receiver, um, I mean, if you follow the Steelers game at all, you saw that, that Chase Claypool had, um, an absolutely insane game. He broke out for seven catches for a buck 10 and three to, and three touchdowns receiving and, uh, four in total, uh, with his rushing, with his rushing touchdown in a PPR league, that was 42.6 points, um, I mean, that's just phenomenal. I mean, he really didn't do much um, aside from uh, a decent game in week two where he scored 17.8. But, I mean, I would – he's a must – he's a guy that you must pick up um, in your league um, if you don't have him already. I mean, he – at this point, I, he's re- – I would put him in my lineup, no doubt. Uh, you know, especially with um, – you know, even with his upcoming matchups, he plays Cleveland, Tennessee, both fine defenses, but – um, you know, whenever a guy scores 42 points, I think it's just, you have to, you have to put him in your lineup, um, just for the simple reason of, you never know what he could do. He could have a great, great game again. Yeah. And I think we kind of saw like, that was the potential, you know, Chase Claypool was a guy coming out of college. Uh, you know, he had a lot of upside and one of the reasons he was listed as a tight end on some boards just because of how big he is extremely fast. You don't usually see guys that big, like, you know, DK Metcalf's, but that's one of the reasons that kind of made him a freak is both those guys are just, so, you know, not only are they super fast, they're really big. And most of the guys you see running the four threes for the 40 are guys, who, you know, 180 pounds. And so a guy like as big as him and as explosive as him one week, you know, it's, you do have to wait, you know, I want to see a little bit more um, to see, to be confident, but I do think you have to pick this guy up right away because it just shows the value there, the potential there, and that he's already doing this a few games in. And, you know, he didn't, and this is, this has probably been the toughest off season for rookies because it was difficult for him to gain reps because of everything that happened with COVID. So this is the first game we've seen him really with, uh, you know, I wouldn't say the first game, but like with that, that much of a role where he was the go-to guy over even Juju and Deontay Johnson. And so I think, you know, it's definitely got to pick up and just to keep your eye on. And if he has one more, you know, if he has a good game this week, then I think you can really start thinking about playing him as a wide receiver too going forward. So that pretty much wraps up what we have going on. So we'll be back here next week to break down some of the other thoughts. Uh, Thanks for listening.